Pickaxe. Hello my friend, my name's Sean and I want to end your suffering. No, not like that, with meditation in my new podcast, Mindfulness for Gamers. Each episode, I'll take you through how mindfulness can help you to feel less anxious and frustrated and put you on the path of happiness, all through the lovely, grimy lens of video games. So make time to level up your mental health and take the first step on your spiritual skill tree. Join me and subscribe to Mindfulness for Gamers right here, right now. And so, uh, what's your name, friend? Uh, William. William. Welcome, William. Thank you. And I understand where you, you had asked a question on our AMA stream, is that right? Yeah. And what was your question? Well, um, I have a lot of different questions though, but uh, one of the ones are the one you have in the title. So can someone actually be fully healed? Okay. And I, what did I say back then? I don't remember. I was drunk. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't ask that question. I asked... Um, yeah, I asked about more. It's kind of the same. It's it, like I, I thought I had gotten better. Uh, it's a little bit what you talked in a recful stream where you know where you um think you get better but after a while it it hits you again basically um and and that's where i am at basically um yeah i i thought i dealt with my things but it turned back again and and stuff like that okay so so when you when you say it turns back or like so it sounds like you made progress and then you start to slip back yeah, I, I thought I thought I um was done with it, like completely. Okay. Uh which my psych psychologist also thought. Um uh but but then like after two months, um it came back again. And it wasn't so clear because um so what I could do before was I could actually listen to my emotion, like why am I feeling oh okay, I'm getting these kind of um flashbacks or things like that. But this time, it was more like a constant noise, uh, or noise, constant feeling, how I felt, that dragged me down. Um, and I couldn't really listen to a specific thing, if it makes any sense. Like, it, it, it was lasting for okay. long periods. Let's just take a step back, William. So first, I want to okay. ask you for a, a definition. So when you say, can someone mm -hmm. be fully healed? Right. What? So let's start with your perception. When you're asking that question... What do you think fully healed looks like? Um, it to me, it is more like um, you can take it really without it affecting you. Um, okay. And and we'll get to what it is in a second. Okay, without okay. it affecting you. Okay. Um. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Okay, okay, I don't know great. what else. Uh, okay. Yeah. So then tell me, can you tell me a little bit about what you've struggled with? And then, you know, tell us what you struggled with, what got better, and then okay. how you slipped back. Okay. Um, so I have, yeah, a very narcissistic parent. Uh, okay. So can you tell us what well, that means? Um, I mean, there's a lot to tell. But she, it was just, the world was evolving just around her, her basically. She, she did all only for her own benefits. Um, I mean, uh, so 
I mean, the reason why she even got us kids born was to for her to be able to stay in the country as well. She didn't really want to raise kids. Um, help me, help me understand how you know that. Well, she well she directly said it to me uh, when I confronted because I've always yeah. There's been a lot of questions. I've always tried to fit the puzzle pieces together with uh, all the information I got them from, you know. Can, my can you tell us what the my puzzle pieces something. look like? Um, well, there's so much to say, but I wondered how a person can behave like they can, like, how can a person be, or how did that person become who that person is? Like, how is it possible? Uh, so for instance, uh, my grandma took care of me when I was younger um, because, yeah, because my mom wasn't there and my grandma was really, really nice person. Um, so I didn't understand really why my mom turned out the way she turned out to be. So uh, it Will, didn't really make sense for me. If, if it's okay with you, here's what I'm envisioning. I'm envisioning that there are people in our audience right now who may have a narcissistic parent and don't realize that yep. their parent is narcissistic. Okay. So what I'd love for you to do, if you feel comfortable with it, is, yep. is to tell us, like, give us an example of something that your mom did or a couple of the puzzle pieces. When you were asking, mm. how did she end up this way? Like, what did you see that made you start to ask her, did you ever want kids? Mm. Right? Because right. that, like... <laughs> well, um, yeah. So, I mean, ever since I was born or uh, uh, as far as I remember, she told me that she hated me and that I just take space in the world and uh, that I'm a total useless piece of shit. Um, and she always put me into really high demands, like told me really high things or, okay, uh, yeah, like she minified me extremely much. Like I wouldn't pass like middle school. And when I passed middle school, she told me I wouldn't pass high school. And when I passed high school, uh, she would tell me, you know, nothing really pleased her. And she would just, uh, yeah minify me always like by these tasks like um and i don't know there's so much like i could never walk beside her i was actually always walking behind her uh when we were out walking in town or things like that she had posters of herself and she uh, in the house uh which i actually yeah i didn't think that much until my friends pointed it out um but uh also she always claimed like the biggest room um i'm i'm being very analytical here cuz i'm a very analytical person I see but that. she always yeah she always claimed the biggest room when when i compared to my friends uh, when i was over at their places and stuff like that um they would sacrifice it for their kids so they would take the smallest room and give the biggest room to their parents uh, to their kids uh but my mom which was like basically never at home, took the biggest her, um, room. Um, she, when, when we wanted things or things like that, if it did not give her for any benefit, if, if it was just, uh, yeah, let's say computer or computer game, she would not really spend money for that. But if, if, if it was more for her own benefit and status, she would help out, like, uh, you know, maybe getting into a better school or stuff like that, she would step up and do it. So she could brag more with her friends about how amazing her kids were. So for instance, when, um, when I met her friends and they asked 
asked me like, oh, who's this little guy? Um, it's very seldom that I even could present myself. It would usually be my mom speaking for me and it would be so little. Um, so it could be, oh yeah, that's my youngest son. He's eight years old or so. And then, and then she just goes immediately to my brother, which, you know, um, he's an A student. He's a, actually a doctor as well. Um, my condolences. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, so it was always drifting towards that immediately. Like, uh, even when people asked me, she would just convert it directly to uh, my brother and be like, oh, but my, his brother is a doctor, blah, blah, blah. And his student, you know, he's awesome, blah, 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 and stuff like that. So um, what is there you... as a narcissistic parent? I don't know. That, that's is, that's is great, man. So much... Thank you so much. I mean, yeah. it's it, not great. It's terrible. <laughs> You've had to do that. But th th yeah. that, that's exact. Because I, I think that... You know, when you say those kinds of things, I think it helps people understand like that terminology. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good that it sounds like you've been working with psychologists. So it's clear to me that yeah. you're analytical, you know what you're talking about. You're pretty familiar mm -hmm. with this stuff. Um, uh, Is there something I, else I could add on it as well that maybe clarifies it? Is they, I don't know, if it, like, I guess it's uh, a little bit connected with like sociopath as well. Like they're very good at playing with people's emotion just for their own benefit. Um, what do you mean by that? And, Mm, so my mother played a lot of the victim card. Um, she was like, oh, I'm... Uh, yeah, I don't know how much to go into details, but basically um, she was like, oh, yeah, it's uh, poor me. I'm single mom raising YouTube kids. But literally it was her choice doing it, and she's done a lot of really, really crazy things behind the scenes. Um, I'm what? probably not going to go... Okay, sure. Into it here, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad you feel comfortable sort of saying, yeah. I'm not gonna. I don't feel comfortable talking about that. That's very important. I I am quite comfortable talking with it. I just yeah. Um, I think it doesn't fit so much. I don't know. Like, hmm. It's a little bit more. Yeah, I'll just stop myself there. I think okay, it's, sure. it's, it's, it's yeah. So, Will, just one one point about that. I want you to feel very comfortable not talking about something that you don't want to talk about. Yeah. But generally speaking, if your thought is that it's not relevant, then mm -hmm. I would question that because I think uh, uh, the whole point of these conversations is that when people give me raw data instead of yep. their analysis, I tend to be able to help them more. Because if I get your mm -hmm. analysis, I'm dealing with your biases and I can't form my own yep. picture. So I'm not trying to pressure yep. you into saying it. I want to be very clear about that. But And we don't have to talk about yep. it now. Uh, my point is that... Well, I, I can talk about why I'm restricting myself a little bit. Let me just sure. uh, change battery on my headset just one second here. Okay, can I hear you? Yeah, I hope so. Perfect. Okay. Um, it's uh, because of the, um, well, work-related, I have probation, and I'm, that's why I'm thinking okay. a little bit that Let's way. just steer clear. Let's not even take a chance. Can you tell yeah. me about your older brother? You have one sibling? Yeah, just one sibling. Yeah. Can you tell me about him? Uh, well, 
he's a doctor. Um, okay. Five years older than me. Um, okay. Probably the kindest brother I could ever wish for. Um, really? But yes, but he, I think he never ever really understood how I felt. I thought he did at one point when he called me one time and said, uh, dude, oh, oh, so what was happening was I moved out and uh, what happened was my mom started projecting it towards my brother, which has never, ever happened before. Uh, I was always the one taking it. Um, uh, yeah, all the shits that she had to project or so, uh, which I guess because I'm smaller and it's easier and she portrayed me as the bad person because I never lived up to her demands and stuff like that. Um, but um, yeah, so when I moved out, he was calling me and he was like, shit, dude, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was this much. Like, I've been just experiencing this for two, three days. And I can't imagine you've been living this through your entire life. Um, yeah. How, how does it feel to say that, Will? What are you feeling right now? Um, I felt that he understood at that point. What do you but feel now, now? I don't know. Like, as you say those words. Yeah, I can still, I can still, uh, I can still feel how I felt back then. And what um, is that feeling? Tell us about that. Oh, it's, um, um, why am I here? What do you, what do you mean? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's like, wh what am I doing here? Um, um. Why am I here? Why why am I existing even? Like it um Yeah. So let me so when your brother called you and told you that I can't believe you've been dealing this with this your entire life. I've just been dealing it with two or three days. The way that mm -hmm. you felt was why am I here? No, no. Oh, oh, you mean at that point. Sorry, sorry. Um I, I thought you meant what the feelings of, of those feelings were. Sorry. Uh, yeah, what that feeling was, I, I felt like, oh shit, finally my brother understands me. Okay. Um, because I don't know. Uh, yeah, you, you can stop me also at, at whenever you want. Um, cause I don't know. Sure. Tears Keep going. Stuff. But, uh, first time, I mean, I, ha I had suicidal thoughts already when I was like around eight. Um, and I was really, really considering like, hey, yeah, I don't know. I shouldn't. Yeah, um, I should have been dead, I guess, uh, when I was like 12. Um, what but do you mean by that? The day you after... should have been dead when you were, you, you, you were 12. Well, like, yeah, I, I tried to jump off a cliff, but in the end, I got flashbacks from my grandmother, which is the one and the main reason why I'm still alive, I guess. But I somehow managed to lunge myself back to safety again. But I was literally outside uh, the cliff. Um, and I, I talked to my brother the day after. I was like, yeah, I was supposed to be dead yesterday and stuff like that um what did he say so i don't remember really too much because it's like because i talked a lot with my brother about the past and stuff like that as well and and we both have like kind of no memories of our childhood like till we're 15 or something like that but hmm. from what i think and from what i do believe and i remember is that um yeah, he was like, oh, oh, shit. Because he hasn't been really that good with talking with emotions. Sure. Um, and 
I don't know how much he actually remembers because I, I told him like a year ago, I was like, dude, I'm feeling so bad. Um, I'm really at a bad point. And he was like, oh, it's just D vitamin. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know if it's some doctor thing or if it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah. So can, I can I ask you, do you, so can you tell us a little bit about like pulling yourself back from the cliff? Why did you do that? I got flashbacks from my grandmother that she would be crying so much and it would be very egoistic to do it. Um, actually, it was just a flashback of my grandmother crying. See, um, and I managed to somehow launch myself back to safety. Do you regret not jumping? I don't know. Good answer. I'm glad you didn't jump. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think it's okay to not know, mm. right? Whether you made the right choice there or not. Is your grandmother still alive? She is. What's your, yeah. how's she doing? Uh, pretty bad right now, um, which has also been a very major point on, on how it's affected me. Mm -hmm. um, how which, long has she been pretty bad? Uh, well, I got to know the reason why she couldn't take care of me anymore when I was eight years old onwards. Um, she was in an accident, and after that, she just got bad all the way. Um, what does bad mean? Um, it never... She, um, she had problem walking and stuff like that, and um, it just got worse and worse, and um, yeah. And I, I got... After a while, when I kept like I kept visiting her, right, and she got yeah bad also in 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 the memory and thought wise. So she confused me with my brother, even with my uncle and stuff like that. So it felt like I wasn't really meeting my grandma anymore. Like she was starting to yeah fade how, away. How long has that been going on? Uh. Two years. Two years? Uh, uh, when her... Oh, the accident or her no, memory no, no, part? No, her memory. Uh, two years-ish. Okay. Two to three years. And I, I got so much guilt. It takes me, it takes me a while to get there even, uh, to visit her because it's another city. And even when I visit her, it, the feeling is also not right because... Uh, yeah, she's just so confused and stuff like that. Sure. So I decided to, uh, and which was so hard for me to do, but I decided to try to work with myself and because um, I, I, I could barely even visit her as well because I was at a pretty bad condition. But that led me to feeling even more guilt because I didn't visit her on top sure. of that. Uh, so it was like just a bad loop on top yep. of that with everything else I had. You felt like you were abandoning her? Yeah, felt I felt like the only one <laughs> um, that I could trust in this world. Yeah. You felt like the only one you could trust in this world was her, and so what would you feel by when you sort of decided to work on yourself? No, I knew I, I had to. 
I knew I had to, it was, yeah. What are you feeling right now? Uh, well, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, um, it's just that, yeah, I don't know. Maybe a feeling I will never really get again, basically, but yeah. Yeah. Um. I'm imagining that you're kind of just remembering, you know, how much she meant to you and that. Yeah, I think she was the only one that made me human, to be honest. Um, yeah. Or somewhat human, but yeah. William, do you feel alone? Um, for sure. For sure. Is that the main? Is that the I've, main I, part of it? I don't think so. I think there's so many other parts on it. I've I've been thinking about it too. If it is, um, but I think like even if, so I can even be with friends and stuff like that, and and still feel lonely. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. that. I don't think I, I think there's so much more into it. Tell us. Well, I think uh I mean when I've been in a relationship, I know what happiness can be. I don't have to fake it. Um I don't I know how the world should be when you're a functional human. So I've touched upon that part and hmm. you know it's possible. Yeah. But I think it was through distraction that I reached it as a relationship. I, I think, yeah, I should have dealt with all my problems when I'm at the peak, like when I'm feeling good. Uh, but yeah. How do you feel when you're feeling bad? When I'm feeling bad? Um, I don't have motivation. I, I have so many different kind of bad periods. Sure. So it depends on which one you mean. So um, no, let's start by tell us the different kinds of bad. Excellent, okay. excellent point on your part. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's already uh, one of the one I've been already telling. It's it's my childhood, basically, and uh, yeah, that was I, I I didn't understand why, what function I even had to the world, why I was existing, because. Uh, what I just heard from my mom was that she hates me and uh, that I just take place in the world and and uh, that she doesn't even want me. Um, and so I took D route. I, yeah, I, what struck me a lot was like when my, a friend told me like, dude, whose life are you actually living for? It's not even your life. And I'm like, what do you mean? And then and, you know, that's kind of first time I opened up, but it's, uh, I was like living the life to try to pleasure my mom, basically, mm -hmm. or to to meet up her demands, which was never met. Anyways, uh, been crazy how like how crazy uh, that she really could never say thank you, or you know, have never even heard her say I love you or stuff like that. That was totally out of the dictionary. It's more like when she told me to do things, it was always never good enough, no matter what I did. Like if I vacuumed the house and I um, 
she came home and saw it, she would scream at me and also say the way, like, you have not vacuum cleaned, right? As in intending that I haven't done it very much, uh, even, still, even though I might have still done it. How old were you when it she in had a... you vacuum the house? Oh, 10? Yeah, I don't know, quite early. I, I did a lot, I did shopping, I helped her, uh, helped her, um, doing, uh, washing clothes, I, yeah, there's a lot of things. But, Does she have any uh, siblings? Yeah, two. Older? No, she's the oldest. Hmm. Did she have to help uh, out a lot around the house? I don't know how much. From the story, from what I understand, I'm not really sure. I haven't asked too much about it. And I don't remember who told me it, but it might be from her. Uh, so it might be very false. Or I, I take everything she says very, with a very grain of salt. Um, sure. I can't really trust my mother. So I don't really... If, it, if it's from my mother then, uh, which I think it is, uh, she said that she took care of her siblings because parents were yeah, out and her stuff like my... My grandpa was at prison, and my grandma had to take care of her or something like that. Mm -hmm. Oddly enough, I, I don't know if she's mistaken there. Quid. She, she, may, she may be right that she took care of her siblings, and we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, different kind of bad. Sorry, uh, I trailed off a little bit. Yep. Uh, so that would be like, yeah, I, I took detours. Oh, yeah, and she she made me do a lot of things that I... Okay, so this kind of bad, so I, I, I'm trailing off a little bit too much here, I see. Uh, I'm just going to try to talk about the bads. The bads hey, were... William, yeah. you're doing fine, bro. Okay. Yeah, so the bads were like... Um... You're doing actually really well. Thank you. Um, it's... I tried to always... When I was younger, I tried to always... Um, make my mom happier, so the punishment would be less. Yep. Uh, verbally and stuff like that. So I... Always, when I came home, I looked if there were her shoes inside, so I could prepare what kind of state I could be in. Um, and I can hear by our footsteps before, uh, like if, if I were to play computer games, I had study materials next to me. So I would like shut off the screen and put it in front of me just to make her not rage as much uh, as she would towards me, uh, just to prevent as much as I could. And, and, you know, try to even flatter her by some compliments and stuff like that. Um, but, so, yeah. That kind of bad is like, I tried to uh, do something, I kind of dis... Not really... I didn't really discuss it at that time, but it, like, I had to live through it and, and still... Still feel bad about it in that punishment. Um, and then... There is, uh, later on, before I even talked a lot about this and managed this, I had a different kind of bad, as in everything was extremely heavy, um, no matter what I did. 
You mean like mm. physical heaviness? Mm. And mentally, especially like you felt like your body was heavy. Yeah, everything I did. You described it really good when you say debuff. It, it really is a big debuff. Yeah, because and it affects on everything. Um. So. How but at that bad time of, of debuff last like the heaviness that one yeah uh, um because it's been in periods and stuff like that i i felt it mostly when i broke up with my girlfriend uh so that one lasted for i would say two two years but before that i had gone through it for a very long time but i think like I, I was living with it. So sure. like my, my thoughts were when I broke up with my girlfriend again was like, um, holy shit, has it been this bad? Maybe I, cause I, I was in a quite a long time relationship. So I think I oh, faded it out, uh, for like five and a half years. Um, and, uh, do you mind if I ask how old you are? I'm 29. Okay. Yeah. So um yeah I, I i think i didn't really remember but there's actually a lot of things there that i could also mention actually in that period too but um go for it bro yeah i i didn't understand how heavily i've been through it every day because i think i got used to it so much at that time even though i i, I still know it's been really shitty like i even wrote a diary how often uh my mom would scream at my ear and telling me how useless i am and stuff like that even when I was begging or banging my head against the wall and screaming for her to stop, she would still continue to do that. So I, I wrote a diary, um, how many times she does it uh, at my probably worst period. And it, I stopped after like a week when I realized she did it on average one to one and a half hour per day, um, just screaming at these things and stuff like that. Um, but yeah. Uh, sorry, I lost a little bit of what I was. That that's cool, man. Say. You don't. Um, I think you're doing a really remarkable job of trying to keep track of the conversation. You don't. You don't actually need to keep track of it so much. I'm keeping track. Um, can <laughs> yep. I ask you a, a couple of other? So first of all, dude, it sounds like you've been through like just you've just had a really shitty life. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I cannot imagine having your mom, you know, like be banging your head against a wall signaling to her in every way that you know how that you are distressed and that you are hurting and that she doesn't give a shit and just keeps hurting to be honest i think she was actually enjoying it even more um there's a lot of things i've tried i mean i started uh, even ignoring her i tried to ignore technique because uh yeah i remember i talked to my grandma and said dude i think i can't i can't last anymore like I'm I'm so broken and I'm quite young when I'm saying this. I was like, yeah, because I was thinking about moving out already when I was like, yeah, 11, 12-ish. And uh, well, that's when I started ignoring her for one and a half year as well. I tried so many different techniques just to try to see what works and what not. So even when we were living in the same roof, I ignored her. What happens to someone who tries a lot of techniques and none of them work? Well, that, that's my other uh, dark side. So the first 
yeah, these first that I'm talking about, like, it, even though it still felt so heavy and stuff like that, I still felt like I knew or I knew I, I, I had possibilities to actually work with methods that would help me. Like, I, I tried to discover a lot by myself how to improve and stuff like that or visiting the psychologist and things like that. Um, so I still kind of felt hope. But uh, especially when it beat me again down to these bad loops. Um, and especially when it went longer and longer, I felt more and more hopeless. Like, oh shit, maybe there is no way to go. Like, I've done everything by the textbook. I've, I've yep. tried so many things. Uh, so that's my second bad, where I start to feel... Because now I don't feel as heavy as before. Definitely not. Um, but there has been periods... Yeah. But they're not as heavy as before. Definitely not. Before I could think out, yeah, suicidal thoughts like four or five times per day. Uh, uh, but now it's it's more... Uh, yeah. The, the way of it's hopeless. And I'm I'm not... Yeah, getting yeah, anywhere. William, I've tried a lot. Yeah, so I, I'm actually a little bit surprised that you you're still alive. Does that is that yeah. weird to hear? No, no, I, no, no. I I actually say that to everyone I meet that I share this story. Like, I don't know why I'm still alive. That's that's how I'm saying. I'm I literally don't know why I'm still alive, and that's why I don't want to promise anyone as well. Uh, when it comes that, to them saying like, yeah, but yeah, that's another. Yeah, but yeah, I I get you. So we're going to think about, I'm going to just, can I collect my thoughts for a moment? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let me start with this, William. I feel like I've asked you 2% of the questions that I want to ask, and I understand 2% of what I want to understand about you. Okay. And at the same time, I feel like I, you know, people come on here for answers. And so we have to take a step back and acknowledge that the answers are, you know, I don't really have answers, but the thoughts that I have for you aren't going to be accurate. Because I really don't know. You know, we've just scratched the surface yeah. of who you yeah. are. Yeah. At the same time, you know, I want to share with you something that a patient of mine who had tried to commit suicide several times, um, you know, and one day I asked him because he feels a lot the same way you do. And, and so I, I was like, you know, so it sounds like you don't really have any like reason to live. Like why, you know, you don't have hope, which is fair because you don't have any reason to hope. Right. Cause like we just tell people like, oh, just like keep hoping, keep hoping. I, I think people who say that don't really understand what yes. the lives of the people that they're talking to have been. Like I cannot, yes. you know, to be an eight year old child and yelling at your mom to stop and banging your head against a wall because what she's saying is hurting you. And for her to continue yelling at you for like 60 minutes or 90 minutes is just like, why the fuck? And then, like, how many days can an eight-year-old hold on to hope with that happening? How many years can you hold on? Like, you know, at some point, the hope runs out. And I get that. 
I don't think it's reasonable for you to hope. Mm. And also, I want you to hope, and I hope that I can help you hope a little bit. And if I can't, that's okay too, because I don't think it's my place to believe that I can get you to hope. Does that make sense? Like, I'm going to give it a shot. But if you choose not to hope at the end of this conversation, like, that's totally cool, man. Like, I have no problem with that. Mm. I'll be sad. But at the same time, like, I won't blame you for it, right? Because, like, why the fuck would you hope? Like, you've been doing this for 29 years. And, you know, it sounds like whenever you start to claw your way forward, something just pulls you back. And what's Mm. pulling you back, I mean, you know, I almost get the sense that you're swimming in the ocean and you have a cannonball attached to your legs. And you can work really, really, really hard to swim to the surface and get a breath of Mm. fresh air. And then you're kind of like, put like you're not pulling the cannonball up, but like anytime you start to slack a little bit, that cannonball is there, just drags you down. And I don't see a point in you continuing to try to swim to the surface if you can't ever get rid of the cannonball. Like that's just no way to win life, like live life. Yeah. So the question is, why do you live? And I, I don't mean that I'll, I'll, I'll give you That's kind of an answer. Question. Yeah. Right. And I don't uh, mean like, like, I don't mean that in a philosophical sense. No, I, I get you though. Cause I've been thinking about that extremely much as well. Yeah. Uh, one of them is I try to not be, to be egoistic. Um, or maybe that's the main reason. Uh, but that also runs out after a while. But yeah, uh, basically, like, even though what I feel as I feel, I know logically, like, for instance, my brother would be devastated. Uh, and before that, like, when no, my no, no, grandma no, 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 was... No, 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 I, I, don't, I don't think you, you're getting it. Hold on. Okay. All that stuff is fine. I mean, like, literally, like, why are, like, so I'm not saying, okay, so let me tell you what this patient told me, okay? Okay. So he's like, you know, he tried to kill himself a bunch of times. And, and so, like, I was like, why don't you kill yourself? Like, you know, why are you no longer suicidal? And he's like, he had suicidal thoughts, but he wasn't intending on killing himself. And then I asked him, you know, why is that? And he's like, well, you know, after the third or fourth time, I realized that as much as I wanted to kill myself... And I would try to kill myself. My body wouldn't let me. Mm. So literally the reason he's alive is not because he has a reason to live, but because Mm. there's literally a force literally within his body that keeps him from Mm. killing himself. Mm. Mm. And that there's something inside you that wants to live more than you want to die. Right. That is the reason I think you're alive. And Yeah, I do recognize with that as well. Yeah, um, and it's fucking weird because you want to die, but there's something inside you that's like, no, man, we're not going to do that. Hmm. Right? And, and, and in his case, like he was like, he literally realized that he was trying to kill his body. So there was some part of his being that was like putting pills into his mouth and trying to kill himself. And there was another part of his body that was like, this is bad for me. I don't want this. And he would vomit. And so one thing, and I don't mean this in sort of a philosophical or psychological sense. I mean, like, literally, if we look at it scientifically, there is something within you that is striving for life. Mm. And that's the only, if we really look at it scientifically with every, all the shit that you've been through, if you haven't killed yourself, the reasons to kill yourself are like, let's give it a score of a thousand. 
And if you haven't died, that means that there's something inside you that is worth 1,001 fighting against that. Like, can we just acknowledge that for a moment? Like, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And, and so I think your way forward is an understanding, like, what the fuck is that? Right? Because if we can try, like, and, and I think you can talk about all of the things that are bad in your life and the different kinds of bad you experience. Fantastic. I think each of those are particular debuffs that you need to cleanse before you get healed. And I do think that you can get healed. And the reason that I think you can get healed is very, it's scientific. It's not hope. It's not philosophical. It's not even psychological. It's just that I see a guy who has something within his whole being of a person that wants to live more than you want to die. And I just don't think you understand what that is. And I think you've lived your whole life being confused about that thing. But as you begin to understand it, you'll actually find hope. But it's not going to come from like me telling you that life is, you know, worth living, which I do think it is. And I do think you should continue to live. I'm glad you're alive. And I do have hope for you. I think you can be fully healed. Let me just say all of those things. Because I really do believe yeah. that. And Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I think so too. I, I um, think it comes yeah. from, it starts with the exploration of like, and I think you're in the right spot. Like, you're like, you know, why am I here? And, and it's not a rhetorical question. That doesn't mean I don't have any reason to live. Although that could be true. But the question is, if you have no reason to live and yet you continue to exist and you have no reason to be there, there has to be a reason why you're here. And finding that thing is going to be the start of your journey. Right? So, like, we have to accept as a fact that you are here. Yeah. And that, like, this is the other thing. Now we get philosophical because I think, like, there is order in the universe. Like, I think things happen for a reason. And I don't mean that in terms of, like, a divine reason. I mean, like, literally, if I hold this pen and I let go, it's going to fall. It fell for a reason. Like, like if, there, if there's rain, that means that there are going to be clouds. Right, that there's like order and rhythm to the universe, and that if you're alive, like I don't think that order in the universe breaks down at some arbitrary point, which is what a lot of people who claim to be scientific believe. Right, so they sort of say that, yeah, there's like an order to clouds and rain and stuff, but there's not an order to life. They just sort of draw this arbitrary dividing line, which in my mind, let me know if I'm losing you or if this is getting abstract. Are you following what um... I'm saying? I think so, yeah. Okay. Anyway, so I, I think that there's a there's a reason that you're alive. Yeah. And I think we have to explore kind of what that is. Um, the second mm. thing is, in, in terms of your question of can you be healed, I fully think they're... Healed. Fully healed. Yeah, I think so. Although, maybe not. Let me think about that for a second. I think you can be healed enough to where you can no longer want to die and you will cling on to life. I do yeah. believe you can be fully healed as well, but as a clinician and a scientist, I can't put my money on fully healed, but I do feel mm -hmm. comfortable putting my money on healed enough. Yeah. So if you would put a percentage on it, how much would it be, uh, so to say? If... I think 80%. 80%. Okay, that's yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, I was 
guessing around 80, 90 myself as well. Yeah. I yeah. think 90 is a little bit optimistic. Like, yeah, do I believe I it's possible? Sure. But I'd put my money on 80. Yeah. And, okay. and, and here's, and I want to hear a little bit more about like, you know, your backslide and when you started feeling better and stuff. But even before we go there, I'll share a couple of thoughts if that's okay with you. Do you want to jump in and say anything or ask questions, by the way? No, I'm fine. Thank okay. You. So I'm going to share with you a couple of thoughts. And then I want to ask you a little bit about how you started to feel better and now how you feel worse. Okay. So I think the problem with getting fully healed is that like you think about getting fully healed as like 80%, but it's not really 80%. It's like, like, so I, did you ever play Fallout? No. Okay. So in Fallout, you have like different body parts and you can like target and damage different body parts, right? And then like, depending on what you damage, you like lose some ability. Like if someone like wounds your leg, then your movement speed is reduced. If they wound your arm, you can't shoot things, you know? And so I, I think when we talk about a hundred percent, I don't know if you can get a hundred percent, but I think you can like heal your leg and like have the movement debuff gone. Mm. And so, so I think it's actually in a weird way, optimistic that you have a lot of different kinds of bad, because mm. if it was just one blob of bad, like, I don't know what to do about that. But the feeling of loneliness is like a particular thing that I think you can improve. The feeling of motivation, I think it's a particular thing that you can improve. improve. And the feeling of hopelessness, I think is a particular thing that you can improve. I think the feeling of being extremely heavy, which hits you for two years at a time, is a particular thing which you can improve. And I think all of these things are maybe related in some way, but I think they're discrete things. So for example, your feeling of extreme heaviness sounds to me like clinical depression. It sounds like you suffer from something called neurovegetative depression. And the cool thing is that we have good scientific evidence that there may be mental health treatments that you can engage in, which will drastically reduce the hurt from that thing. The feeling of loneliness, I think, also is something that we can address. The feeling of, oh, and this is the big one, is worth. Like, you don't, you literally have not been taught that it's okay for you to exist. Like, I don't know how else to put that. But like, literally, you were taught that you, it's not okay for you to exist. So most eight-year-olds sort of have this fundamental sense of self that it's like, okay for me to be here right now. Right? Like, they walk up to you and they're like, daddy, can I have food? Because they have a presumption that like, it's okay for me to be here. It's okay for me to walk up to my dad and it's okay for me to ask him for food if they feel hungry. Like you were actually the, the most devastating thing is you were not given like a baseline permission to exist as a human being. And so I, I don't know how you're going to find why you exist if you're not even allowed to exist in the first place. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sure. It's like you don't even deserve to have air to breathe is like what you were told. So it yeah. sort of starts. And this is where I think like, you know, fully healed. Maybe we can actually like, you know, go from we can great heal you to like 100 percent. I think that's possible, unlikely, but possible. And, and the, the, what the crit heal looks like is for you to have a basic sense that you are allowed to belong in the world. And I think you've got to be careful because you're saying, I don't feel like I belong. I think that's even the reason that you haven't made progress is because I think you're, you're not really meeting yourself where you're at. It's not even that, like, why do you belong? That's not even like, that's one step ahead. 
It's, are you even allowed to belong in any way, shape, or form? That's the first question you've got to answer. Because I think right now in your head, there's a part of you that the answer is no. Like, you don't deserve to be here at all. Like, what do you think about that? Yeah, um, so I, I have thought about that as well a lot. So I, I try to really live in the now. So I, I try to be very neutral on that point. Uh, but before that, yes, 100%. Uh, but now I still try to be very neutral. And I would say, um, yeah, I don't know where I'm at at that point. I, I okay. probably wouldn't say no or yes. So William, yeah. I'm, I'm tempted to go down this road with you, but I yeah. think it could be hard for you to understand because I don't know how to explain it adequately. And I think we're right. going to lose our viewers even more, but I'm going to give it a shot. Is that okay? Okay. So let's start with the idea that you don't even deserve to be here in any way, shape or form. Forget about why am I here? It's like, you're not allowed to be here to begin with. With me there? Okay. Okay. So... Why am I here is a question that's like for level two. Level one question is, do I get to be here with me? Hmm. Yeah. Then you said, okay, so that was a question where you used to ask yourself, do I even get to be here? Do I get to spawn in at all? Or do I like sit in the lobby and like never get to spawn in and don't get to play the game? Like why I'm playing the game is a separate question. Do I even get to spawn in with me? Yeah. Yeah. Then you said you started being in the present. And the more that you're in the present, it sounds like it's easier to get away from the question of, do I get to spawn in at all? Yes? Yeah. Yes. Now, let me ask you a question. Is being in the present, does that give you, do you feel like you have permission to exist or do you distract yourself from the question of whether you have permission to exist? Probably distracting myself from the question, I would say, yeah. Okay. I hope people are able to follow that because that's really important, right? Because what I think your perception of sliding back is, which in turn is going to make you hopeless, right? So the, the more that you feel like you're moving forward and you slide back, the more your hopelessness is going to increase. That's logical with me. Yeah. Right. So, but I think that the reason that you, and you're right to be hopeless, because that's not actually getting healed. That's like getting shielded. Right. And so a shield sort of gives you the same effect as healing, but it's not really healing. Because yeah. when the shield goes away, like you're back to square one. And then you yeah. start to ask yourself, can I get healed when actually what you're doing is you're distracting, which is like a shield. It's bonus hit points. It's not actual healing. Yeah. So now I have to think, even if that's the case, so I feel like I understand you. Now I have the problem of where do we go from here? So I'm going to need a second. Do you have questions? Mm, no. Okay, right that now. would help me a lot if you did, but. <laughs> well, okay. you can ask me questions uh, I, if there's something unclear. Uh, no, I mean, there. I mean, there's a lot that I want to know about you, but I feel like we're on the same page that, you know, your attempts to get better aren't really getting you better, which I agree with. Okay. I just don't know how to heal you. Hmm which I have to, just give me a second. Okay, so I'm gonna think out loud. Right, so you don't even deserve to exist. So how do we help you understand that you deserve to exist? And do we wanna ask you more 
questions about so the safer route is probably if we just ask you more questions about how you got how you came to know that you don't deserve to exist or we can just try to give you an experience of you taking your existence for granted and for you to understand and sit and feel within yourself that you deserve to be here. Uh, something to add on as well yeah. uh, that might give you it. Uh, so I think this, uh, with, the, with the existence part, I think that also is very much connected to the loneliness that I feel like. Even when friends say that, oh yeah, you mean a lot to me and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's kind of like I don't really believe them. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, cause, um, but I do have worked with a lot of self-compassion and uh, taking like... William, uh, do you feel like a better, ghost in but, the real world? I have done like that extremely many times, yes. Like where I dissociate, disassociate myself well, extremely much. Like even when I'm at a party with friends that are close to me and everybody's happy, I just wonder like, what am I doing here? Oh, right. I have to fake my happiness around them and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot. Yeah. The, the ghost thing is, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it has been many of that times. Yes. Yeah, sorry, sorry for derailing you. So, so you were saying, you know, your friends have. Yeah, I, I'm just getting the sense that, like, you, you know, it's like you're playing a game where you're like, you know, you can interact with NPCs and stuff, but you're like, you're like ethereal. You're not like a real character. Mm. And it's like the NPCs are sort of there, and you're interacting with them, but you don't. I mean, it makes sense to me that you you can't understand. So it sounds like you're confused not confused, but you really can't digest, maybe that's the word I'm looking for, that you bring value to other human beings. Is that fair? Like you don't, like you sort of get what they're saying, yeah, I, but like it doesn't Yeah, sit, exactly. Yeah, you can't digest yeah. it. Like it's not. Yeah. Right, it's like, it's like they can't touch you. Like they, their hand just goes right through you. It's like not landing with you. Mm. And and I think that comes back because you haven't like zoned into the world yet. Like you have to be like in the world and like existing mm. there and understand that you're there for other people to be able to affect you. Yeah. And and I think a lot of the stuff that people have tried isn't working. Like the reason you can't get healed is because you don't have a physical body. Right? You got to zone in first and like not be a ghost and then you can like get HP back. But it comes with this basic, it comes to the basic idea that you do not belong in this world. And to me, mm. what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, but when I, when I was in a relationship, I could, like, I did touch upon the world and stuff yes. like that. And, and none of these thoughts has occurred or anything like that. I, I Like, the the colors of the world just, I appreciated it so much more, like autumn colors and stuff like that, like all small things. Like, because uh, I, before that, I really faked a lot, uh, like fake it till you make it. I faked my posture and things like that to be happy. Uh, but 
when I was in the world, I didn't even have to fake it. I could see it all and it became yeah. super clear for me. Yeah. yeah. So you're like a ghost that had incarnated and like, you know, ghosts see the world yeah. in shades of gray and they pretend, yeah. but you would become yeah. a person. So it, it's, it's actually great that you went there because my next question was going to be, can you tell me about your relationship? Can you tell me about your relationship? How he was or? Sure. Um, like, how'd you meet? You're dating um, a girl? You said girlfriend, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, technically, yeah, through friends. Yeah, through friends. I'm thinking there's there was one time we met uh, earlier face to face, but through friends, yeah. Tell me about her. Uh, but it, there were some things that she noticed, uh, which I filtrated totally. Right. Um, not really sure why I even because every time. I've had a girlfriend and talk and uh, try to introduce them to my parents or I, I don't remember why I did it or if it was my mom forcing me to do it. I don't really remember why, but they were all super terrified with it, uh, which the, I haven't. They all are super terrified. Who's they? Uh, the girlfriends I've had. Okay. The different ones. Yeah. Um, and... But but the one that was when uh, in a very long time, she noticed also how um, how toxic my mom was towards me, and I, I thought I didn't even think anything of it because that was such a kind of uh, low tier toxicness, so to say, where <laughs> I didn't your, even. That's your mom being nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, and and I didn't like that was so out of my, my filtration. But she mentioned that night she was like dude i got so infuriated i wanted to like kind of scream back at her or punch her uh but i didn't even notice that and she had to highlight that because usually it's so much wait, worse wait, who, who said i want to scream at someone uh my girlfriend at that time so she felt like screaming at your mom yeah and punching her yeah at my mom because my mom was trash talking me so much what was um, she saying do you remember like uh so i i was doing the cooking and stuff like that and uh um yeah working and stuff like that so she said uh i i think she said something along the line like oh uh i i hope you take care of him he's so useless he doesn't even know how to cook and take care of himself uh and things like that um but yeah it got totally out of my radar i didn't even think of it that much how does it feel but to have someone who wants to defend you like that uh, it felt nice like it felt, it felt really nice because uh, in that time I, as i said I, I was really living the world and i think that's maybe why i also filtrated her talk even better than ever mm. uh because i guess i guess no matter if i ignore her and stuff like that it still sips in through my ears uh no matter what um no matter what i do and even if i pretend not to hear her or put like earphones and uh, earplugs in, in, in my yeah ears. Uh, they still go through. I still get affected by it. Um, but there I didn't even care about it. So it's sure. And, and so uh, tell me about, you know, you guys were together for five and a half years. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And we actually like? moved in immediately even together. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we talked about a lot before and met before that as well. And, and when did y'all break up? 
um, three years ago. And were yeah. you happy for the time that y'all were together? Yeah. Um, what, yeah. What What ended up happening? Did you feel like you had substance, or were you still a ghost? I I realized also I picked up a lot of things. Like um, I realized, but I don't know exactly at what order it becomes. Um, but I realized I picked up some toxicness from my mom uh, that I said to her, and she said it back to me. Uh, like, I think I realized my toxicness and s stopped myself, but but then I realized that she was quite toxic in, in, in the same way as my mom would be, so? in, a, in a different way. Um, I, I mean, it, it was a little bit more toxic relationship in the end that uh, killed it, I would say. What was toxic about your relationship? Or it, it was actually much more onto that than that. Um, there was some things we didn't really agree on. And... Like what? Mm. So, Will, William, here's, here's what I'm trying to do. So yeah. I'm seeing the beginning of your relationship where you're happy. There's someone who cares about you, is defending yeah. you. And I'm wondering, like, what happened to that relationship? Yeah, I think it started fading out, it, like a reference point. Like, it faded out more. And... It started becoming heavy being in the relationship too in the end, like it really did. And like, yeah, uh, something I kind of googled because I I tried a lot because I fear I think I have like fear of abandonment and stuff like that. So I tried to, a lot to get this relationship to work. We even broke up like yeah three times. The third time I really got the courage to really end it. Um, but it it took more. Maybe it was things from the past that got back to me again, but it took more to actually be in the relationship. Like it consumed so much more energy. What and it became was... hard about the relationship? Um, everything. I mean, uh, I don't know if it makes sense, but it, it's yeah. And we didn't really see like we did before as well, like the, uh, yeah, like the sparks of being in a relationship. So I'm getting a lot like of that. vagueness from you. I'm getting a lot of conclusions and a lot of vagueness. Yep. And I really don't yeah. understand. You get, you gave me a lot of color and substance to the beginning of your relationship. Yeah. But For I'm sure not it was really a whole good. lot of color and substance at the end. You call it, it toxic. Yeah, we but tried. I don't understand yeah, how so it's toxic. we tried to. So I tried to get it to work for a long time because what you know, was that's what, what you were hear. you trying to get to work? Um, our relationship to work yeah, that we had. What was not work? So what I'm hearing very clearly is your efforts and the hopelessness. But I'm not mm. hearing like what the problem was. There, there was like, for instance, uh, we didn't agree on um, like the dividing parts of uh, like fixing the house, cleaning, cooking, like those trivial things. Okay. And um, um, and tell me, how did you guys disagree about that? Well, 
Um, William, why did you want well, to break up with her? There was a lot of reasons. A lot of reasons. Um, they from trivial to more complex. Um, but yeah, like to sum it up, it, it, it was like consuming more energy than Don't actually giving. Don't sum it up. Tell me. Tell okay. me why. Mm, there. I don't know how personal it is. Like I, I don't want to say it without her permission and stuff like that. Oh, as well. okay, that's that's totally so, fine. That's completely. So different. yeah, it's 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 too hard for me to actually say it uh, here. Okay, but you yeah. know what they are. Uh, yes, I would say so. Yeah, for sure. Because I I was the one proposing to even break up to and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So I I kind of raised those things. To get it to work, but it didn't. So that's why I was like, "Yeah." So can you tell me what you know that you said after a couple of years it started to become harder? Like what became harder? Uh, to be in the relationship. Yeah. Like, uh, so, but what about the relationship to, became hard? Yeah, but I mean, to even, um, I don't know. It, it felt like it hindered me a lot too. Like. Um, she was so shy. So whenever we had to meet friends, I, I had to be the one contacting and stuff like that. And I started uh, irritating about these stuffs as well. Like there was a lot of things I started to get irritated about and stuff like that as well. Did you feel like she wasn't pulling her weight in the relationship? Like she wasn't uh, yes. her fair share? Yes. Yes. Definitely. That's, was that's that... one of the bigger ones. Well, that's one of the yes. bigger reasons. Can you just map out the other bigger reasons? Like, I, once again, you don't have to say anything that you're concerned about. Yeah, I, I, like, I mean, is that okay I, to share I, with us or is that not okay to share? Well, first let's, cause I don't want you to say things that you don't want to say, but like if I'm. Yeah, if I, no, I, I, I'm, I'm going to skip that. Cause I, I okay. want her permission okay. first. I'm not going to touch so, on this. Yeah. Let me, okay. Then let me say this. But we went on. A psychologist to get it try to try to fix it as a couple. Oh wow, as well. that's good for you. Uh, so yeah, go? we really tried a lot of things. Uh, but yes, have you been dating? Now? Yeah, you guys broke <laughs> up three years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been on some dates, and uh, yeah, I have. Yes. That's, and how's yes. that been? Uh. Somewhat disappointing, uh, but yeah, but one of them was quite nice, I would say. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to lead to anywhere. Uh, yeah. Why not? Because she doesn't really want to have anything serious. And you're looking for something serious? Yeah, I would say so. But I've been thinking a lot about just being happy and stuff like that, too, um, in, in the relationship. So. That's kind of what we agreed on now as we are where we are. But yes. Okay. But yeah, I would definitely want a more serious. William, um, so what can I help you with? Um, I would want to hear... I actually got a lot of inspiration from your community. It's an awesome community. So I'm actually... Um, digging into which, yeah, sparked some more new hopes for me as well. 
And I've actually done something else that has made me feel so much better now as well. So I'm actually more at the, yeah, it's been good, but yeah, D I guess tell me, the future what, will tell. What, what have you been, so you, it sounds like you started feeling better after, because hmm. at the very beginning you said you started feeling better after being like active in our community, then you started to slip back. So can yeah, you tell us about well, that? Yeah, well, yeah, that slipping back was even before or even in the community, but I tried um, an SSRI alternative, which helps a lot. Um, so yeah, that, that just lifted me up a lot. Um, and I've, I found something that correlates to me a lot. Someone linked some CPTSD, if you know what it is. Yep. Yeah, um, and it resonates extremely much with me. Uh, yep. so I'm actually reading a book about it now. So good in, in hopes and so far 40, 50 pages in, and I feel like it's describing me literally. Yep. Um, so what's the book that it, it's called from, well, CPTSD, um, so from surviving to thriving. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so can you tell me, um, yeah. when did you start to get better? Because it sounds like you started getting better recently. So it sounds like there was... It, uh, it was when I took this alternative. I, yeah, good. I don't know if it's better. It, it, just, it just removes the debuff, so to say. But I, I don't know what happens if I stop it. Or, like, the wound is still there, which I have to yep. heal, uh, heal, right? Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see when I stop doing that for a while, what, what's going to happen as well. So I'm and confused. Are, are you feeling better nowadays? I am feeling better uh, okay. when I've started taking it. Yes. How long have you been taking it? Um, one and a half month. Okay. Hmm. And, and so it sounds like you now and your psychologist is aware that you have CPTSD or no? I actually called her up and mentioned it when I got to know about it. And we actually took a session again and stuff like that. Because uh, she was not really surprised if I'd fallen back, but I, I told her that I've fallen back to the battle tracks and stuff like that. But um, Wait, I'm really confused. Are you, are, have you fallen back or are you doing better? I'm <laughs> sorry. Um, I feel after I'm taking the alternatives, I feel better, like I have energy to do things now. Yep. It's not a big weight. I, I can't okay. even do my hobbies. I can't even game. I couldn't even game before. Like I, I got disgusted by me playing even because I, okay. anything I did was just horrible. What a, yeah. Um, so I, even though when I forced myself to do things, I couldn't. Uh, but now I actually can do things. Um, Good for you, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yes, I am better. But I wonder if I'm better only because I'm taking them, and then when I stop, I come come back exactly where I was before. Like, uh, and is yeah. that what I can help you with? So what can I help you with? Mm, I was wondering if you if you knew where to go next. Fantastic. From my point of view. Yeah. Okay. That I can certainly help you with. Okay. So first of all, William, it sounds like you're doing better. 
Yeah. And what I'm hearing from you is fear that the only reason you're doing better is because you have this artificial medication that's tampering with your neurochemistry and that you're not actually doing better. Mm -hmm. So now let me tell you what healing looks like. Okay. So like, I guess what I'm hearing from you is, can I still get healed or is this another shield? Yeah. Like, cause the medication feels like a shield and that's, I think exactly what it is. Um, and can you be fully healed? And maybe what you're looking for me is direction in how to get fully healed or how to get healed. And what's the role of medication? How do you move forward? Um, and the short answer is that I think, okay, so here we go. Okay. And then I'll give you a chance to ask questions and then maybe we'll meditate and then we'll wrap up. Does that sound okay? Yep. Okay. So I'm going to start by sharing with you something called Bancha Gosha theory, which is Gosha means sheath, like what you put a sword in, you know, like a sheath. And then bunch yep. means five. So the idea here is that you have five layers of being. So when we think about William, William is like, has a physical body. And then William also has thoughts. Like those are separate things, right? Like if I, if you lose an arm, are you still William? Yeah. If you have a body and then unfortunately, like your grandmother, it sounds like she's got dementia and I, I you know, it's a terrible thing to deal with. It, you know, she has a physical body, but like who she is as a person has sort of slipped away. Right. So do you see that like, who a person is, is not like mind or body. It's like mind plus body plus actually other stuff. So a couple thousand years ago, yogis or Ayurvedic physicians called Vaidyas, unclear exactly you know what they were, said that basically there are five layers of being. So the first layer of being is physical. The second is energetic. The third is emotional. The fourth is intellectual. And the fifth is spiritual. And I think in order for you to be healed, you've got to get like healing done on all of those levels. Okay, so let's talk about each of your problems. I wonder if I should draw this out. Can you hold on a second? I'm going to go grab. Do you want yep. iPad? Do you want diagrams? Plans? Sure. Okay, give me a second. Okay. Yeah. Let's just take a quick break. Run to the restroom if you need to. I'm going to grab water. And then I'm going to grab my iPad. Okay, can you see? We, we good to go? Check in with Twitch chat. Can you all see that? Okay. All right. So, William, <laughs> your yep. question is how do you get fully healed, right? Yeah, and where... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to tell you how you can get fully healed. Okay. So, it starts with this. Bunch kosha, okay? So, you have physical energetic. And what I'm going to do is break down your quote unquote diagnosis amongst these. And so you're going to see how all of the things that are wrong with you, not, I mean all, but that's grandiose. Um, so I'm going to show you the different, essentially you've got like five layers and what's going on is that each of your layers has been attacked and, and damaged in different ways. So the process of full healing actually requires you to to heal each of these layers and we'll sort of, it requires you to heal each of the layers. And then the other problem that I'll try to show you is why you feel hopeless because the things that you're healing are actually not on the layer that the damage was done. And I'll explain what that means. Okay. So the first thing is, 
is you have this sense of sluggishness, right? So let's do like di uh, diagnosis here, okay? And then let's do like treatment over here. So if we think about sluggishness, do you think that that's physical, energetic, emotional, intellectual, or spiritual? Your body being heavy. Physical. Okay, so or, sluggishness. I don't know. Actually, no, wait. I, yeah, wait. It's energetic. Very good. So it's actually well, on more than yeah. one. And Okay, yeah. so let's think about like, so does talking to your psychologist help you with your feelings of sluggishness? Uh, if it helped, yes. Does it? I mean, it came back again. <laughs> okay, but so, uh, so not as a uh, not as heavy as before as well. Okay, so so Probably. this is a good example of like if we have you know emotional treatment here. So if we do medication, that gives us a lot of healing, right? If we do talk therapy. So that's actually the emotional mind, right? So if we do emotional treatments for physical problems, we get a little bit of benefit. But do you see how medication helps way more than talking about your feelings? Mm -hmm. So the other interesting thing... Okay, so we'll, we'll get to that. So the other thing that you can do is, have you ever done Qigong or Pranayam? Do you meditate with us on stream? Uh, I've meditated for a while, yes. Okay. So there are some kinds of meditation that are called pranayam or in the Chinese system. What's your ethnicity, by the way? Yeah, it's Chinese. And what part of the world are you in? Sweden. Okay. So like if you do pranayam or qigong, these are specifically meditative practices that are aimed at boosting your energetic self or your qi or your prana. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's like not like meditating on, you know, the nature of things or stuff like that. It's not an intellectual meditation. It's like an energetic meditation. So if you guys have ever heard of the Wim Hof method, have you ever heard of Wim Hof? No. So Wim Hof is this guy who learned this like form of, I think, Tibetan meditation where like he can now do things that are physically impossible in terms of like resisting cold. So he'll go and like sit and, you know, yeah. yeah. And so the, the thing is, like, what he does is, like, physically not possible. You can't be in hypothermic water for an hour and, like, not lose fingers. But that's literally what Wim Hof is capable of doing. What Wim Hof does is pranayam. So, like, this shit absolutely works. There's also data that suggests that doing pranayam actually makes you resistant to heart attacks, which I can go into the physiology of, like, how that works. But because um, it, it's actually really fascinating. The point is that you can actually do things through pranayam and qigong that will boost your energy. I don't know how else to put it. But like when you feel sluggishness, if I were to do blood tests, I may find vitamin D being low. Right. So that's an example of something that leads to depression. Low level vitamin D levels lead to depression. It's possible that you're vitamin D deficient. But you just feel sluggish. If I take you to a doctor and they listen to your lungs and I take you to like an orthopedic surgeon and I get him to like test your strength, nothing is physically going to be wrong with your body. Do you get that when you're sluggish? Mm -hmm. But yeah. something, it feels like literally like your sluggishness is an energy problem. Yeah. And there are some techniques what the yogis realize is like there are some techniques that you can do to boost your energy because you're not doing something physical. 
it's like they're working specifically on the energetic body. Another good example of this is yoga or Tai Chi. And there are studies that show that yoga and Tai Chi is superior to exercise at treating things like arthritis. And if you go to people who are experts in yoga and you ask them, why do you think that yoga is superior to exercise? Because in both of them, you're moving, right? So like, why is yoga superior to Tai Chi in some clinical trials? There's a, a great paper by, for example, Chen Chen Wang in the New England Journal of Medicine from like 2010, 12, where she does a, a, a trial on osteoarthritis and compares Tai Chi to exercise and finds that Tai Chi is superior. And so the question is, if both of these are physical practices, scientifically, how is it that Tai Chi outperforms exercise because you're moving your body in both cases? Does that make sense? Like how that, yeah. you should get the same effect. But clearly, scientifically, we are finding that Tai Chi is not the same as exercise. And if you ask Tai Chi masters, what they say is, yeah, it's because we work on an energetic level, not just the physical one. What does that mean? No one has any fucking idea. Like scientists have been trying to find evidence of chi or prana and they've never been able to find it. All we know is that when you incorporate, when you design a practice that's based on this hoity-toity unscientific principle of energy, it actually outperforms purely physical practices. That is a scientific fact. So my point is that in terms of healing yourself, you can do these things, Okay. And what that's going to do over time is when you take out the medication, you're going to lose the benefit of the medication. You with me? Yeah. But if you do these things in the meantime, this is going to make a very slow plus. Very, very slow. And if you do this for six months and then you stop medication, you're going to have like a plus that's left over. And you'll do better without medication. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So basically, the thing about energetic practices in pranayam is that they're going to heal you. It's like, it's like a re regeneration buff. You're going to heal like one hit point every week. And so if that's all you do when you're feeling super depressed and sluggish, it's not going to be fast enough for you to notice any difference. With me? Yeah. I can't see your face now. That's why I'm asking. Um, oh, okay. And at the same time, it's because I have the iPad pulled up. Gotcha. So, oh, actually, but maybe, yeah, I have to have it pull up. Um, but at the same time, it is going to heal you over time. The other problem is that if you are sluggish, you're not going to have the time or energy to be able to do yoga or pranayam. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what we have to do is start with medication so that you feel more energy and then you use that shield or the artificial energy boost of medication to start to do other things that are going to lead to more long-term healing. You good with that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, now we're going to talk about other things. So then, okay, so this is fine. But is your problem restricted to physical and energetic stuff? No. Where does CPTSD go? And we'll explain what that is in a second. Where do you think CPTSD fix, uh, fits? On, on the um, left. Like emotional? Absolutely. Okay. So let's explain what CPTSD is. Can you tell us what it means? Uh, complex PTSD. And what makes something not... complex PTSD versus regular PTSD? Um, an event that continuously happens over a period of time rather than just one event. Excellent. So let's say that, you know, I'm walking down the street and I walk past some of the riots that are going on 
and a police officer shoots a rubber bullet and I'm carrying my groceries, which actually happened to a lady. And the, the bullet hits me in the face and, you know, even people have lost eyes and stuff. So that's a one-time event that leads to post-traumatic stress disorder. All you need is a single event to end up with post-traumatic stress disorder. Post-traumatic stress disorder affects people in particular ways. It's characterized by flashbacks, nightmares, things like that, but their intrinsic sense of self is not necessarily destroyed by a singular event, right? Because if I walk down the street and like I'm Dr. K and I'm like, I feel confident in who I am as a human being and something traumatic happens to me, that's terrible and it could be destroy me as a human being, but it doesn't have to destroy me as a human being. What complex PTSD is, is when trauma happens to you over and over and over and over again. So when William tells us that he is an eight-year-old boy who is screaming at his mom to stop and banging his head against a wall, and she continues to yell at him for an hour and a half, and that shit happens day after day after day after day, that is a whole different ballgame from being like shot once or being robbed or being raped or whatever. That's complex PTSD. Okay? So now let's think about what are the treatments of complex PTSD. What do you think medication is going to do for that? Um, it just gives you this temporary booth, buff that we talked about. like Right? So that's kind of like talking for emotions or talking like acting on an emotional level for a physical problem only gives you like one point of healing. Does that make sense? Mm. And so medication for an emotional problem only gives you one point of healing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Right. So I, I want, uh, could I add something as well? Sure. Um, so I, I think what we tried to cure was like regular PTSD, so to say with my psychologist, but, and, and that's why I guess it caused so much confusion why I'm still feeling as I did and stuff like that. Um, Excellent. So you're, you, took, yeah. you took the next part right out of my mouth. The real truth is that complex PTSD doesn't go here. It goes here. And this is where PTSD goes. Because with what complex PTSD, what happens is that your sense of a human being gets fucked. That's a spiritual problem. This goes back to ghost. Why am I here? Right? That's not emotions. Hmm. Do I deserve to live? Does that make sense? Like, that's not an emotional issue. That's like a spiritual issue. Yeah, what do you think sense. about that? Huh? Yeah, yeah, it, it makes totally sense because it's, uh, it, I mean, it didn't really help me. <laughs> so exactly. Say, um... So this is why talk therapy is going to be one plus, two plus, or three pluses. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah, it makes sense. One plus. Uh... Right? So your psychologist yeah. can help you here if you had regular PTSD. But the psychologist is only going to be a one plus over here. And this is the biggest hmm. problem that I think, actually, your psychologist can help you with three pluses, but they have to do that kind of work. So this is the biggest problem that I see with like a lot of quote unquote mental health diagnosis 
is that like, so the reason that I'm an effective psychiatrist is because I actually don't do a whole lot of psychiatry. What I do is a lot of spiritual work because I think people like you, when I said that at the core of your problem, Will, is, or William, is that like, you don't even know if you deserve to live. So we can deal with the suicidality and the negative emotions and shame and all that shit. All of that stuff is over here, right? So this is shame, you know, feels bad, man. <laughs> right? That's all emotional yeah, yeah. stuff. And now we get to another problem, which is that you're an analytical guy. So what you yeah. try to do is essentially like, an like you use analytical treatments for emotional problems. And this is the worst is that when you ask yourself, like when, when you have this feeling of being a ghost, right? And then what happens is you start asking yourself questions about, do I deserve to be here? You start to mm. use your analytical mind to solve a spiritual problem. And that doesn't actually get you shit or maybe one plus. Does that, I guess sense? this is the reason why I can't really listen to it as well. Like the emotions as I feel. What do like, you mean? I, Say more about that. Um, so, like, I try to listen to my emotions. Why am I feeling sad and shit right now? But it's more like a constant noise. And, and it's, it's more because it's on the spiritual level rather than the emotional. Or either one. So your analytical, an analytical approach to your emotions is going to get you, even if it's emotional, the analytical approach is not going to help very much. And if it's spiritual, mm. it's not going to help very much. The whole reason that people like you have trouble getting fully healed is because your treatments do not line up with the sources of your problem, right? For a physical problem, you need a physical treatment. For an energetic mm -hmm. problem, you need an energetic treatment. For an emotional problem, you need talk therapy. For complex PTSD, you need to figure out why am I here and how do I deserve to live? That's not going to happen th through talk therapy. That's going to happen through something like meditation. Right. And how does meditation help? You have to sit and you have to feel that you like it's kind of hard to describe or happiness in a relationship. Right. So during the good years with your girl girlfriend, because where does happiness in a relationship go here? It's not just emotional. Maybe it's emotional. Right. So maybe. Maybe it goes over here, too. I'm not really sure. Okay. But the key thing is that I think when you were happy in the relationship, the reason that you felt more human and less of a ghost, the reason you saw the world in color is because she gave you a sense of belonging. What do you think yeah. about that? No, for sure. For sure. And so what happened so is she yeah. answered this question for you. Do I deserve to live? And the way that she interacted with you as a human being made you think that the answer is yes. And as mm -hmm. the relationship yeah. declined, your sense of deserving to live was, was still young and fragile. So two years mm -hmm. of a relationship with a shy girl who doesn't understand quite as much about life as let's say someone else does could not strengthen you enough. She couldn't do in two years of loving you and making you feel like you belong she could not undo 22 years of emotional damage and complex PTSD, which makes perfect fucking sense. Right? Yeah. And then when, when the relationship goes sour, it's not enough. And so can you mm -hmm. be fully healed? Absolutely. 
Now I feel confident because I've talked myself into it and I've convinced myself. And the way that you get fully healed is that you do this. And this kind of goes back to earlier when I was saying, oh, okay, like it actually like you have lots of different problems. Absolutely. And so fully healed doesn't come from medication. It comes from all of this shit because you have shit going on on every part of your being. Right? The only thing that I'm not sure is it doesn't sound like you have an intellectual problem. What, what is that exactly? So I don't hear like strong cognitive biases about the way that you view yourself. Hmm. Right? So like some of the people that I talked to, like a good example of this, like a couple weeks ago, we interviewed Sweet Anita. And Sweet Anita felt like she doesn't deserve to like take care of herself. So cognitive mm -hmm. bias goes over here. Oh, um, I guess I've worked a lot on that part. Absolutely. And that's why I don't think we see it because you did yeah. CBT or psychologist. Yeah. Right. Um, self-compassion helped a lot, extremely a lot. And meditation helped a lot in that part too. Yep. I would say. Right. So the cognitive, so let's just think about this. So in, in emotion, creates a cognitive bias. Does this make sense? Like the emotion is on the emotional level and yeah. then you feel like you're a piece yeah. of shit and then your analytical mind creates justifications for why you're a piece of shit. But that's a separate part of your mind. Mm. And you can use mm. self-compassion. Sorry guys, this is getting messy. So self-compassion <laughs> is gonna target this. And CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, is gonna tr target the analytical construction based on the root of your negative emotion. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Questions? Uh, you wrote meditation at the spiritual. It's any kind of general meditation nope. or what? Nope. I have been meditating for quite a while. Yep. So you need to do meditations that are geared towards discovering your sense of self. So this is, because like this, people call this meditation too. Self-compassion, like metta meditation is over here. Mm. So that's like self-compassion, okay. like loving kindness meditation. Yeah. Right? So there are lots of different kinds of meditation and they work on different levels. There are also some meditations, like I'll ask people to do investigative meditations. Like what is the sound of the breath? That's like a kind of an intellectual meditation. So you need to do like, who am I? And in particular, there are a few powerful mantras that will help you answer this question. Okay. Um, but that's the kind of meditation. I'll teach you something today. I just got to think about this. The first thing that I need to do is check in with you, though. Does this make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, yeah, I'm actually really happy to actually even see it in picture and, and, and noticing and seeing the parts, like, cause I believe I've come really far away, even in these like 21 years, even though I have like aimlessly gone somewhere, I think it still learned me something along the way. And it makes sense when adding everything. Cause yeah, it's Maybe it's more like all these sections I have to work on. And there's like one last piece I haven't, which I guess is like the spiritual, which I haven't really uh, dealt with. 
Um, so I, yeah, it, it actually makes much sense. And yeah. And, and so here's, here's why I think your hopelessness is completely understandable. Because when you have complex PTSD and you go to a professional and they give you a medication, that's not going to work. And so basically the, the basic problem that, that I think the reason that you're hopeless, and it's not your fault, I think you've actually done remarkably well given the hand that you were dealt. It's actually fucking amazing. Is that you're like, all of your treatments are like all over the place. You're trying to solve stuff with some koshas from like other koshas. And so your effect size, it's going to be kind of like you're, you know, I'm, I'm continuously like trying to heal your right arm, even though the damage is in your left leg. And the issue mm. is that you get a little bit of bandwidth. You get a little bit from here. You get a little bit from here. And then over time, though, it feels like it's not really working because you're not targeting right. your treatments towards what you've done. Or actually, the, the, you, that's not even entirely true. Because I think you've actually, like, because you had problems here and here, too. It's just you've done, you've actually found good treatments, right? So you had emotional mm. feelings of, and this is exactly why it's beautiful. So you had emotional feelings of shame, and then you say self-compassion helped with that. And this is the mistake, this is the diagnostic mistake that people make. When someone has complex PTSD, and they're filled with shame, and they get treated with self-compassion, they think they are fixed. But they're not fixed because they never got to this. Hmm. Right. And so then yeah. you get hopeless because you said, okay, I have complex PTSD. I have all these negative emotions. I learned self-compassion and I'm not fixed. And then hopelessness is completely reasonable because complex PTSD, you thought you did the treatment for complex PTSD and you're not better. And so then you're hopeless. Absolutely, man. You should be hopeless because you thought you did what you needed to do and you did a lot which you can tell us and you're like, hey, I actually grew a lot there. Hey, the medication's actually really helping. And you're not fully healed. And so then your, your question is beautiful. Now we come back to your original question. Can I become fully healed? And the answer, and it's completely reasonable for you to ask that question because you did this and you did mm. this and you talked to a psychologist and you found yourself not being fully healed. Yeah. And then you start to question. You're like, if I talk to the psychologist more, if I add on more medications or if I learn more self-compassion, will I be fully healed? And the thing is, you actually know the answer to that, Will. Mm. And the answer is no, you're not going to be fully healed. Not from that. Yeah. And so yeah, I feel like back. this picture and the overview, it, it feels like it can capture kind of any problem, I guess. And Absolutely. Like it's an overview of everything, basically. Yes. And this is what the yogis learned. They said that a human being can be divided into these five layers and that an attack on one layer deserves a treatment on that same layer. And that mm. a strong gosha or one strong layer can buffer or protect you from other layers. So when I deal with people with cancer, right, that's a gigantic attack on the physical and the energetic. And if they are deeply spiritual people and have a lot of emotional support, they do way better. Mm. When, when your grandmother... So grief is an emotional attack, right? It's a different color. Yeah. It's getting this. So grief attacks you here. And so when that happens, your physical, it almost reverberates. So you get energetic damage and you get physical damage. 
And there are studies that show that if someone loses a loved one and I give them a, a vaccine, their immune response to the vaccine is lower. Essentially, vaccines become ineffective in people who are in grief. And that's a physical effect based on an emotional insult. It's an energetic effect based on an emotional insult. When you go to see your grandmother and she's not there on the inside, that's an emotional blow which contributes to your sluggishness. Do you see that? Mm -hmm. And so it's all connected. And so the cool thing is that you can like strengthen one area and it'll kind of protect you from the others. And that's how like people, this is where resilience comes from. So somewhere in here, Will, William, I think you're actually very strong intellectually. And that has basically been like how you stay alive. Because you've been emotionally fucked. You've been, I don't know if like you're physically active or, or whatever. Maybe you're strong physically as well. Um, but like spiritually, like, you know, you're, something's been missing. And you've just basically, your intellect has been like carrying the rest of your sheaths. And that's right. why you're alive. Because somewhere in there, there's something here that is like, you know, keeping you going. Mm. Okay. La final questions, thoughts. Um, no, I'm 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 actually really really happy and glad. Um, cool. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> didn't expect too much because I felt very <laughs> hopeless and stuff, and I didn't expect you to even have an answer and stuff like that, but. Um, yeah, well, sometimes I surprise myself. It's <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I, I I mean I don't think I can fix you, but I can give you this. So now no, let me just think about meditation. I'm 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 glad that I've given you some hope, mm. which was not my intention, and for which I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that. I don't know. No. Okay. So now the question is, I feel like, okay, so I feel like that's sort of enough, but I also feel like I should give you the first step in the meditation practice for how you discover whether you deserve to be here. Okay. So I have a good answer. I have the technique that I think you eventually need. I just don't know if you're ready for it. And I think the technique what you need, so I very rarely feel this way, but sometimes I'm inspired to give someone a mantra. But a mantra or mantra is something that's usually given in a very specific way. And I feel like I know the, so sometimes when I work with people, I feel this inner sort of inspiration that this mantra is going to help this person. I just don't know if you're ready for it yet. So let me just think about this. And let me think about the prospect of giving a mantra over the internet and giving it to people who are not ready for it. I just have to think through this. Because I've been what taught is it that, that holds it. Huh? Is it because of not enough meditation experience? Or what is it that is holding that back? I don't know what if you're capable that? of understanding the mantra yet. 
because I just don't know where you are spiritually. There's a part of me that says that you're ready for it and just go for it. But I have to just think about whether I can come up with something else that is. We'll do the trick. Hold on. I'm going to need a minute, okay? Yeah. No worries. Okay, we'll try this. Oh, I'm not going to I'm going to ask you a couple questions and then we'll we'll just see where this goes. I don't know where this is go. So, um I'm giving you Okay, so if if we ever you know, if we ever had the have the opportunity to meet in person, William, I'm going to teach you a mantra on that day. <laughs> but okay. if we never meet that, then someone else will show up and they'll teach you what you need to know. So, I want you to sit up straight. You're tall. Uh, no, 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 no. You're not? Okay. You look tall. No. <laughs> so, whatever. Um, okay, so just sit. Okay, so sit up straight. Round out your shoulders. Yep. Pull them back a little bit. Good. Okay. Close your eyes. And I want you to feel your hands. Just feel the presence of your hands. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, okay? So now hold one of your hands up in front of your face and look at it. Just look at it for a second. Okay. And I want you to, I'm going to ask you a question. Is that you? Hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's a container of me, yeah. It's a container Um, of you. Yes. But it's not you. Hmm. Right? So put your hand down, close your eyes. So now let me ask you something. If I have a container that has, let's say I have a box and in Hmm. the box is bread. Is the box the same thing as the bread? No. Okay. So now I'll ask you again. Or let's just reflect for a moment. So feel your hands. And and don't touch your hands. Just keep them palm face up in your lap. So like kind of like like this. People who are watching, right? So just keep them palm face up. Okay. Or what you can do is lay your right palm on top of your left palm. Actually do this. Lay your right palm on top of your left palm and sort of make like, sort of like a circle and let it sit in your lap. Let your hands rest in your lap. And I want you to ask yourself the question, are these, are my hands me? Actually separate your hands, place them on your lap. And then ask yourself, is this me? Like, are you your hands? What do you think? I mean, I would say no. Um, Okay. So then, eyes closed. Good. Now put your hands together. 
your right hand on top of your left hand. Let your thumbs touch. So you're doing this. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're, you're basically doing this. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm going to ask you kind of a weird question. Absolutely a leading question. So don't get led. Just really pay attention to yourself. When your hands are together and you form that circuit, do you feel like they're more of you? Uh, yes. Like, it's fucking weird, I, right? Yeah. I mean, I like it's... I think it's the posture with the arms that does it a lot. Like I'm widening myself now. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So now like now here's your question. Okay. So mm. what the fuck is that? Like that's just fucking weird. Yeah. How does your sense of your body being closer to you have anything to do with the position of your hands? I mean, it, it felt like I just took more space. And yeah, you're, you're right. It's just weird, right? Like it's weird. Mm. So now yeah, here's the question. Weird. So now close your eyes. Hands apart. Feel the disconnection of you. Feel that you are not your hands. Okay. And now I want to, so now bring a, a, a hand up in front of you. Look at it and look at it. Now, is the hand that you see more you or less you or the same amount of you as when you are closing your eyes and your two hands are in your lap? Um, maybe even less? Yeah, it's fucking weird. Yeah. It's the yeah. right answer. But let, like you're going on your feeling, right? You're not telling me what I want to hear. Maybe you're, no. Maybe I, just... I was trying to feel what I felt on the other arm. Like I was comparing Beautiful. what I saw, and I, I was comparing what I I still had my other arm on the lap. So Excellent. I was referring to those points. Yeah, Beautiful. that's brilliant. That's good. Good innovation. <laughs> okay. Okay. So like now I'm going to ask you questions. Now we're going to reflect. Okay. So like, what are you feeling? Closer to and further away from. What's that? Because you've got a sense of something, right? It's like furthest yeah. here. Yeah. Closer in your lap and even closer when they're together. Yeah, it's a, it's a quite weird posture as well. Yep. But what, mm. are you, what is the thing that you are getting closer to when you do these three things? Like myself, if I can explain it. Yeah, so yeah. what is that? Uh, it's, I don't Wait, know. You're not supposed <laughs> no, to answer. I, you're not supposed to yeah. answer. So now, William, we so the first meditative practice is that I want you to become familiar with this thing. So do this practice so you can look at your and you're already doing it right because it's good that you're making a comparison. So you know you can look at your hand or you can look mm. at your face in the mirror. And then you can close your eyes and then try to just, I, I don't know how else to put this, but like move on. So there's, there's like, I want you to imagine a road where like the re regular world is over here and that sense of Eunice is over here. I want you to don't even necessarily try to, you know, find what is over here. Just learn how to move back and forth between them. Right? So there's this, there's this, and there's this. 
So you can do, and you can do it by looking at yourself in the mirror. You can close your eyes in front of a mirror and just kind of be in front of it. And then you can do this and, and sit up straight and then feel that closeness to you. When you say learn, uh, you mean learn to have this feeling without doing that? No, or? I'm saying no. that just become familiar with the weird idea okay. that you can okay. come closer. Yep. Just move further and closer away from yourself and get mm -hmm. familiar with okay. that road. Okay. Okay. And now I'm going to ask you, so now sit up straight. Yeah. Can you sit with your legs crossed? Um, they are, yeah. Oh, they oh, are. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. Sorry. Like, like this. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Now, next, next thing is, can you put your right heel on top of your left thigh. Can you sit like this? Or can uh, you, if you can't do that from a flexibility standpoint, don't worry, don't worry. I can. Okay. Now- But you I'm have your other like leg this. down, right? It, it, yeah, it's down, my foot's down here. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, don't yeah. worry, yeah. So now I want you to sit like this. Okay. Also the thumbs yep. touching each other, yeah? Yeah. Yep. And now, so relax and now feel do you feel closer to yourself again? Yeah, it feels like it feels like another part is attached. Like it's yep. more in the below as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm going to ask you the question, William. Does this person? Does what you feel deserve to be alive? I don't know. <laughs> yes. That's the right mm -hmm. answer. Okay. okay. So now this is your practice. Okay. So you can just sit with this person that you are and you're right that it feels more attached. It's cool. But I think you're doing it right. So if you guys are wondering how the yogis came up with the yoga postures, this is how they did it. This is where mudras come from. It's because they're able to detect certain things about the self, for lack of a better term, that facilitates connection to the self. That's why meditative postures, this is the posture, by the way, that Buddha and Shiva, Shiva's, you know, Shiva is like, he's like one of the Hindu gods. So mm -hmm. Shiva and Buddha use this posture, this, this, it's called Bhairava Mudra, which means fierce or terrifying. This is actually what this Mudra is, means. Um, that's the translation, Bhairava. So it's, it's, a, it's a mudra of intensity because it brings you very intensely to yourself. And it's also kind of like severe and it can be scary and terrifying. But yeah, you're, if you're feeling more attached, that's good. You're doing it right. So you just play around with this man. That's all you got to do. And try to find out, just try to get, get and hang out. You don't even have to find out who you are or anything like that. Occasionally, I want you to ask the question about whether this person deserves to be here. But you don't have to, you're not necessarily looking for an answer. I, I don't want you to figure out who you are, any fucking, you know, yoga, calendar, spiritual stuff. Don't worry about any of that. I just want you to hang out with that dude yep. for a yep. while. Do the practice. I would say if you want to sit, if you can sit for like, you know, I tell people to start with three to five minutes and you've done a remarkable amount of connection in like less than 60 seconds. So the quality of meditation is more important than the quantity of time that you meditate. 
The reason that quantity of time is important is because you want to train yourself for having high quality meditation on a more often basis. But 60 seconds of what you did is actually fine. If you can get there. Do you know what I mean by get there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you can get there, great. And then ideally you want to do this like 15 to 20 minutes, like at least three days a week, ideally even every day or five days a week or six days a week and, and just hang out with yourself. And then, you know, one day we'll meet in person, I hope, or someone else will meet. And if you've been doing this practice diligently, I'm going to be able to tell. And if I can tell, oh. I'm going to give you a mantra. Oh, cool. And then, how do you mean by you can tell though? It's the same way that I, because here's the thing, William, I don't know if you've done this before, if you've noticed this before, but sometimes I teach people to meditate and they have these weird experiences. And then everyone at home is like, I don't know what the fuck this guy is talking about. So like, I don't know how I know how to ask you questions and teach you practices that are going to help you understand something about yourself, but I just know. And sometimes based on the way that you answer me, I can tell that you're doing it right or you're doing it wrong. Because what I'm asking you to do, because your words cannot translate your experience. So when you say that like crossing your legs makes you feel more attached, I know you're doing it right. I don't even know what the fuck that means, but I know it is similar to like what I feel. And it's the right. whole reason that I asked you to do it. The reason I asked you to sit that way is because I wanted you to feel more attached, but mm. I didn't know what to call that. And that mm. looks like it's our time. <laughs> okay. All right, so any last questions? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. Say good luck to William. <laughs> you gonna say good luck to William? No? No luck for William? Okay, sorry, William. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> All right, dude, seriously though, thank you very much for coming on. You know, I think you can absolutely get healed, man. I, I, and, I think I should be the one thanking you, really. Um, really. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad it's helpful and, and, you know, it, sorry for being, well, you're welcome. And, you know, sorry for being general, but don't give up hope because I, I really think you can, mm. yeah, I, I think you can get there. Okay. Yeah. Take care, man. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. All right. So let's do Okay, so hopefully that made sense, guys. I don't know. And if, if for those of you that, that meditation didn't work, don't worry about it. We teach a lot of we teach a lot of different things. Um, uh, okay. So um, I just want to go ahead and yeah. So can I say? Can you get going now? Can I finish talking? No. It's really distracting. I'm having trouble getting my groove. Can't give me some space. No. Okay. I don't even know if you understand what I'm doing, but okay. You want to sit in my lap? That's fine. Can I have a kiss? No. Okay. All right. So let me just, uh, mm. All right, so guys, let me explain something to y'all, okay? Um, so, the, you know, what, when you guys, like when we were doing fundraising, like part of what we want to do is map out some of this stuff like Bunch Gosha theory for you guys so that you can make it more accessible. What are you doing? 
I can't, I'm trying to wrap up with them. And I've got a spiel and I have to collect my thoughts. And if you're threatening me with your tongue and your finger, then I, I can't do that. Nah, go, get out of here, go. No. I think she understands that you guys are watching. Okay. Okay, so, um, yeah, so Punch Korsha Theater is very, very helpful. And I highly, highly, you know, I don't know how you guys would be able to do that. But, you know, it, it's something that we want to teach a little bit more comprehensively. It's really hard to just, like, sit and lecture about it. Um, okay, you're just... So we're working on how to make that information more accessible to you guys. Um, a couple of other things. So, you know, we've got... I think we're still figuring out what we're doing on Wednesday. We've got JD Ann on Friday. Um, on Wednesday, our coaching platform launches. So thank you very much for all of your support. Um, and so we've also got, you know, if you guys want to follow us on social media and, and things like that and see posts about, you know, various things that we're working on, y'all can use exclamation point socials. And um, we have a lot of people that we want to thank. Uh, but I think we may just go ahead and do that. Or actually, yeah, we'll, we'll do that next time because we're over time and I got to run.